Hi and welcome to the podcast, This Side of 40. Now, I don't know if you're uh, one of those who unfortunately reads into my blog. Well, if you are, then you probably have an idea of what it is that we're going to be talking about. Now, basically the way I see it, there's three ways of getting financial knowledge. Finance by books, finance by DNA, and finally finance by diffusion. What are those exactly? Well, a quick summary, finance by books. If you went to university and they taught you how to do the things that you want to do with finance, good for you. Finance by DNA means that um, you know, your, your granddaddy and your granddaddy's granddaddy and maybe your grandmommy figured out a long time ago, this is how we're going to make money. And then through DNA, you learned how to make money too. Those are the only two options that I was presented with. And then I figured, no, there is another one. It's called finance by diffusion. Um, <laughs> basically, the idea is simple. There's got to be people who actually know what they're doing financially. I, I have no idea. I'm patently useless. So I went looking for somebody who might be able to do that for me, who I might be able to diffuse from. As you may or may not know, I went to a school known as Strathmore. It's in uh, Nairobi. It's a pretty good school. How it uh, resulted in me, I have no idea. It's an excellent school. Students from there went their diverse ways, and some made it in the world of finance. One of them is right here with me, um, Chris. Chris Mwiga, thank you. Um, thanks for doing this first and foremost. Um, we want to diffuse finances. So maybe you could start by giving us a little bit of background about yourself. Okay. Um, as you said, we both started in the same school. Yeah, look what happened to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <was> so, wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, once I finished uh, my my fourth form, you know, we have that like two two year gap. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, the, the stone throwing. Exactly. Home, right? <laughs> so I spent... Uh, Six six months wandering the wilderness. You know, you're you're idle at the time. You just you're free, so you know, just doing stuff. Right. So on the sixth, on around the fifth month mark, my mom was like, "Get out of the house. Go to Strathmore College. Look for something to keep you busy." So I went to to, to Strathmore to, to look for uh, something to keep myself busy. They were having interviews for intake on different uh, different courses. Mm -hmm. So those uh, back then, everyone was was doing IT stuff, packages, and that kind of a thing. So. I, I assumed I would end up with that. So I went and found two queues. There was one long queue and one short queue. Being the Kenyan, I joined the long queue. Yeah, because you think thinking it's a long queue. There yeah, must so everyone, be something Exactly, must be something ex exciting. Yeah, maybe it's free stuff, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I got on the long queue. Then as I'm queuing, I meet uh, one of my one of our former classmates called Nobat. I don't know if you remember. Ah, Sitei. Yeah, Nobat Sitei. Yes. So Nobat comes and asks me, why are you on this queue? I'm like, dude, it's a long queue, so I thought I'd, I'd queue here. So he's like, no, go to the other queue, the shorter queue, certified public accountant. As it as it as fate may have it, my dad was an accountant. Do accounting like a man. So I was like, yes, I'm a man. So I moved to the shorter queue. <laughs> yeah. So I got into accounting, basically to pass time. I found that it's something which basically uh, resonates with me. Most of it is finance, yeah? yeah. So you do quite a lot of units in economics, yeah. uh, finance, and that kind of thing. So in summary format, you are financed by DNA? By DNA. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And as fate was, my brother worked in, at the time was working in a bank, my sister was working in a bank. <laughs> wow, so those finance talk 24-7. Serious DNA. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was wow. born into it, right? All right. Yeah. Um, I studied economics. So I remember the day when I was going to clear. You know, once you finished your university, you clear. There's a clearing process. Mm -hmm. Very tedious. So I'm walking into UN. Who do I meet? Eugenio Biero. He's like, uh, Kriti. Okay, that's my nickname from back then. I think that's what you guys call me. Yeah. So what are you up to nowadays? I told him I'm doing nothing. Mm. Like, uh, would you like a job? I said, yeah, of course I'd like a job. So he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a bank I work at, which is uh, recruiting dealers. Uh, give me your CV. I no idea what a dealer does. Well, apart from, you know, dealers, eh? Mm. Quote, unquote. Yeah. 
We should not discuss those in this. We should, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just being clear. Yeah, this is nothing to do with that. Yeah. Mm. So I gave him my CV. Uh, two weeks later, they called me for an interview. Chase Bank. Well, what used to be known as Chase Bank nowadays, I think it was uh, it's, it's known as SBM. It was bought out. Yeah. Then I got myself into the Treasury Department of Chase Bank, fresh from high school. You know, those are magical words. Eh? Yeah. Treasury. <laughs> I'm just saying, it just sounds like a good word. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> but carry on. Yeah. So I'm in mean, the Treasury Department. That was that. So I spent a year in Chase Bank. Mm. I moved to what was known as CFC Bank. Mm. Nowadays it's called uh, Stanbic Bank. So why I left Chase Bank is because I wanted to basically be a trader. I felt that that's what my my DNA is made of. Mm -hmm. Risk taking, you know, high pressure, that kind of thing. Yeah. Chase was not offering me that, so I moved to, to CFC. Okay. So by the time I left CFC, I was a trader. Right. How many years in CFC? I was there from 2003 to 2007 so four years yeah no bad all right but all this time i wanted you know when you're when you're professional you want to play at the top and when kcb called came calling I, I jumped at it right so at kcb now i was a pure trader so basically trading and i was trading the kenya shilling alone but unfortunately being a currency trader does not expose you to other aspects of financial markets yeah right so at some point i transitioned into into interest rate trading Okay. Basically trading treasury bills, treasury bonds, hey, foreign okay. exchange swaps. Uh, now you're jargoning. So I did that. I left KCB in 2013. Uh, I was not growing, so I moved to National Bank. They offered me a promotion. And in three years, I, I was promoted to head the department, the treasury department. Now that's how you now understand the whole microcosm of finance, you know, planning, that kind of a thing. So basically, um, you've been doing a lot of finance for a long time. Yes. In, in, in summary for yes. yes. Now, and So I'm going to try and paint you a bit of a picture, okay, mm -hmm. which is where the reality is and um, chances are you're making money well not, i'm hoping you but yeah. i mean generally you're making some money yeah. whether it the degree of money is is not what we're discussing mm -hmm. uh, whether it's big money small money it doesn't matter you, you're making some money there is money being made yeah. has been made is being made will be in potential being made the question is though at, at, at the stage where we're at when we're both post our 40s yeah um what exactly are we going to do with this money? Yeah. I mean, I've heard of um, the whole idea of use your money to make money. Exactly, yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing that that is what most people refer to as investment. investment exactly, yes. Correct? Yeah. But my issue is this. I don't know. how. I, I haven't got a clue. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's like so many ways apparently of investing, of um, different types of investments, some um, I've heard talk of things like your risk appetite. I've heard talks of, I, I don't know, com interest rate, commodity. And there's just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can just help a brother out, man. And yeah. What exactly is investing? Because I believe at, at the stage where we're at, yeah, yeah you, you figured out the where and what how of making some money. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is, how can we make you go a little bit more than where we're at, correct? Yeah. yeah. So what, what exactly is, invest is investing savings, for example? Well... When you're, when you're investing, mm -hmm. what you want to do is to increase your, your cash flows, right. ultimately. Right. If savings uh, achieves that, perhaps if you open a savings account which is paying you an interest which is material enough to increase your cash flows, then you could call it investing, yeah? But naturally, most people save for a rainy day. Yeah. It's like a fund which comes up if an emergency comes up. So that's, yes. that's the money you park on the side exactly. to say that, look, if anything goes to pot, I'm saving for this. I can I can just I can buy a, a boat in case we're drowning. Yeah. Sort of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Or in, if, if, if I have a couple of kids and I want to send them to university. Yeah. I'm, I'm saving may, may not be the best thing for you. All right. 
Um, in fact, most Kenyans don't even save for interest. They do like a merry-go-round. So you put in money, like a, a, a five of us uh, come together, mm. then we contribute monthly. So if you contribute in January, you started contributing in January. Mm. On the fifth month, you get a payout. So that's oh, not really. Yeah. Um, a, what is it called? It's, it's a chama, is it? A chama, merry go round. It has all number, all manner of names. But, I'm but sure is that considered an investment? I wouldn't say it's an investment because okay. ultimately, when you're investing, you want to grow your cash flows, isn't it? Correct. So if you're, I don't know, if you're earning two hundred thousand, you want to get to a point where, if you retire, you can make the two hundred thousand from passive income. Okay. Right. So you have to you have to buy or invest in an item which will give you that kind of a return mm -hmm. without you having to wake up and go to an office, okay? So by definition, investment is um, you're, you're putting in something, whether you're putting in your, your, your money, whether you're putting in your time, whatever the case may be, yeah. but the intention of putting it in is for you to get more back in return. Exactly. Okay. The, I mean, the most, the most basic investment they say is an investment in yourself. <laughs> I mean, both of us went to school. You went to architecture school, I went mm -hmm. to economic school. Your investment probably and more than mine did. I mean, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a thought. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, when you're investing, like what we're talking about, mm -hmm. it's basically the process of acquiring assets. Right. Right? Now, the next step is what is an asset? Okay. Oh, so you invest into an asset. You have to invest into an so, asset. Yes, ideally. an asset is an item which gives positive cash flows. Okay? okay. So let me ask you a question earlier. If you, have, if you buy a house... Yep. Like every typical Kenyan installed. Yes. And uh, you've bought it cash. Yep. Is it an asset? I would assume so. Right? Right. Is, it, is it giving you positive cash flows? Depends. Um, if I'm, Am I living in the house? You live in the house? No. So it's not giving you positive cash flows? No, it isn't. In fact, you have to pay uh, repair and maintenance? Correct. You probably have to pay rates? Correct. Correct. So are those cash flows positive? No. Is it an investment? Oh, God, no. Is it? So it's what it's a liability. The opposite of an asset is what. So basically, what you're telling me is, mm -hmm. if I buy a house for myself to mm -hmm. live in, mm -hmm. I'm actually not investing. No. Unless unless you're speculating and you think. Yeah, if, if you feel the price will go up, then you're you're investing. Okay. Okay. But let's look at look at the, let's look at the flip side. Um, let's assume you want to buy a house for one fifty mil for arguments. Oh, let's say hundred mil, just a nice round figure. Okay. <laughs> What's the What's the rental yield in Kenya right now? What 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 rent would you pay for a, a one hundred million house? I don't know. You're looking at about maybe five hundred, six hundred. Five hundred. So the rental yield is about six percent annually. Yeah, isn't it? Correct. Now six percent is lower than the return on a ninety-one day bill. A three-month government paper will pay you higher. Okay. Than house. I feel we might have actually jumped a little bit. Yeah. What exactly is a bill? So, so okay, but let's okay. go back. We'll yeah, rewind. Let's go back. Yeah, we'll rewind. What exactly is an investment? I mean, what so are the types in, of investments? In, investing is, in simple terms, acquiring assets. The process of acquiring assets. Okay. If you save to buy an asset, then you invest. Right. However, if you save for any day, you're not investing. So, okay. What are the types of assets then? So, man, assets are all over. There, there are so many. This property is an asset. Okay. Uh, in the West, uh, royalties are assets. Right. Uh, in Kenya, we can talk about uh, stocks, bonds. What is the what is the difference between what is a bond? I, I know what a stock is. But okay. What is a bond? You know what, a, what is a stock? A stock is basically a share in a company. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, do you know how the name stock came about? It's a very interesting story. I have. I'm, my <laughs> suspicion it has something to do with cows. You'd be surprised. So, the first company which issued shares is a Dutch company called the Dutch East India Company. Yeah. 
uh, I think the company was founded in the 17th century, something like that. Okay. But before then, they would uh, take, uh, you know, they would pull resources and go on the expeditions. So they would go to oh, East Indies no. and whatever. It's got something to do with the slave trade, hasn't it? It may have to do something with it. Right. But the, the biggest the, the biggest commodity was spices. Ah, for, for right. In fact, if you look at your spice rack, it's probably... Kings actually fought battles for what your your wife has in her kitchen. Eh? So anyway... So you haven't seen her cook. I'm just <laughs> so uh, a stock is a basically a building block of a ship, a piece of a ship. So okay. okay. So when you say you bought a stock, you bought a piece of the of the ship, which is going to carry the the commodities which you're going to trade in. Okay. Got it. So in modern day terms, a stock is a is a share in a company. Okay. okay. Uh, so you can buy ten percent. I mean portions. Yeah. And in return, the company pays you a, a, a return known as a dividend. It may pay you a dividend if it makes a profit. If it makes a profit, yeah. that is. However, you may not be keen on the dividend. You may be looking at appreciation of the stock price. Okay? Yeah, so that if, if you ever want to sell off yeah. the stocks, you get yeah. more money in return. Exactly. So again, yeah. you're investing because you've increased your, your bottom line, isn't it? So what's the difference between a stock and a bond? So now a bond is basically an IOU, a promise to pay. So you could, I mean, you could issue a bond as a lien. Uh, basically, what you say, increase, I'll, I'll take 100 shillings from you, and in six months, I'll pay you back with interest. So when you take a piece of paper, and then you write it down, and I becomes a bond, isn't it? However, it's very difficult for you to do that, and people trust you. So the, 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 <laughs> the underlying principle here is that the issue of a bond has to be trusted. You have to have a good balance sheet or a government. Because governments... Um, Rarely default. I'll say rarely because it's not impossible that they'll, <coughs> that they'll default, okay? Bless you. Yeah, thank you. So when, when you give the issuer your money, they pay you back interest. What is so, your money? Um, okay, for example, I, I, I understand um, with a bank, a fixed deposit, for example. Mm -hmm. you, you put in X amount of money mm -hmm. for a fixed duration, mm -hmm. and they give you X amount back in terms of yes, interest, right? Yes, yes. Is that a form of a bond? It's not a bond per se. Actually, the bank, the bank is actually paying you to use your money. Okay, so it's renting your money. They're renting your money, yeah. So that what you're getting is just rental. Yeah, but you see now with the with the deposit, I mean, you could you you, you could say it's it, it's not really a bond because at the end of the day, the bond, what makes a bond valuable is the IOU, the element of tradability. You yeah. can take that trust and then that piece of paper, whatever it is, then you issue it to someone else and someone else and someone else. So it becomes a negotiable instrument. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, so it, it actually becomes like a de facto currency. Exactly. So the bond in of itself has value. Okay. Right. Give me an example of a bond. For instance, uh, a, Kenyan, a Kenyan government bond. Right. Uh, corporate association bonds, the Kenyan had issued a bond some time back. Right. Uh, Imperial Bank had issued a bond. Unfortunately, it sank. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So if... if if I was interested in a bond, for example, mm -hmm. how would I go about starting it? So I know with, with, with stocks, if I was yeah. interested in getting into the stock market, yeah. um, we'll start with that. You have to open up an account. It's, what is it's, it called? It's known as a CDS account. CDS account, right? Yeah, so a CDS account is like a bank account for your stocks, for, okay. for your shares. Right. So you open up a CDS account with a stockbroker. Right. And then you buy and sell uh, as you wish. Most of them nowadays would allow you to do that on an app. Uh, so no you don't necessarily way. have to use papers and that kind of a thing. So you can actually just get onto an app? And yeah, you actually could download an app and do it for yourself. Sorted. Or you go to the internet and trade off the, you know, So if I wanted to, is, is, do I use the same account if I'm interested in a bond? Now with a bond, remember the issue is the government of Kenya. Correct. So that one is a CSD account. 
and as as well there is an app you could download for that purpose okay for for purchasing uh, uh, i'm sorry i have to ask because i have experience with government apps does it work <laughs> well uh, unfortunately it's uh, it's new uh-huh. and like everything else everything new in tech there is uh, glitches right but i'm sure it will be fixed okay now this is quite a it's quite a, a development because in the past to open a, a csd account you have to go to the central bank physically Really? Yeah, so imagine you're living in the UK and you want to have exposure in Kenya. Bloody hell. That's a good one, okay? Isn't it? So right yeah. now, the idea being, and this is what they've actually just recently launched, yeah. you actually get it on your phone, you can open it yes. up immediately. Yes. And on your phone, you can actually buy bonds. You can buy bonds. So, and remember this, um, when you're buying a bond, remember there are two ways you can buy a bond. You can buy it at the original issue. So the government issues bonds every month. Okay. okay. However, if you feel like you want to buy a bond which was issued and you didn't have money at the time or you probably were asleep or that kind of thing, you could still buy the bond on what is known as the secondary market. So you talk to a broker and you'd sell you you'd, you'd buy the bond from someone else and sell it to you. Remember, it's a negotiable instrument. So assuming I bought the bond at issue at what is known as the primary issue, the original date of sale. Right. Okay. It's a seven-year bond. So it's tradable from the date it was issued to the day it's paid on the seventh year. Okay? Okay. So I bought it on day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a month later, Alim wants to buy it. Okay. Once it's sold, it starts trading on what is known as the secondary market. So the public can now buy it. Okay. When you have the stock exchange, oh. in fact, it, nowadays it's called the securities exchange because back then it was just stocks which would be traded there. But nowadays you did stocks, bonds, and uh, I think they, they wanted to introduce futures and that kind of thing. But that's a discussion for another time. So Alim would go and talk to his stockbroker and say, I want to buy. Bond XYZ, the broker would go search, uh, probably contact me, I sell the bond and it goes to you. Okay? It's a nego- negotiable instrument. Yeah? That's a bond for you. So how is that different then from a, a, a mutual fund, for example? Now, before we go to mutual funds, mm. uh, with with government, you also have a shorter dated uh, debt. Because with debt, you have anything from 3 months, 91 days, to 20 years. But you may not have the appetite to buy a 20-year paper, isn't it? No. So you may want to buy, maybe you have some money sitting around, so you want to invest it for three months. So what you do is you buy a treasury bill. Oh. Or what is known as a T-bill. Yeah. So T-bills come in three forms. There's a 91-day, uh, which is three months, 182, which is uh, six months, and 364, which is a year. Okay? Um, same process. You have the CDS account, mm-hmm. and then you bid on uh, primary, or you could buy on secondary. Now, before the CDS account, CDS account was uh, was uh, made electronic. It would be very difficult to trade a T bill on the secondary market because remember you have to go there physically, paperwork, all that kind of thing. Da da da. But now it has been sorted. So in terms of investment, I would say this is the most uh, basic, but the least understood. Yeah, opinion. because I mean, even for me, yeah. it's it's now that you mentioned that I've actually understood the difference yeah. between a T bill and a bond. Yes. So bonds are generally longer duration. T-bills longer duration. And also with a T-bill, yep. a T-bill is known as a discounted instrument. So okay. what happens is with a bond, if you buy a, let's say, a seven-year bond, mm-hmm. the interest is paid semi-annually. Yeah. So let's assume it's, a, it's paying you 10%. You have uh, 100 million shillings. Yep. Your interest is 10, 10 million a, a year. So you'll be paid 5 million in two tranches. So, oh, okay. But okay. with a T-bill, if your interest is, uh, if it's a one-year T-bill, and the interest is ten percent, and you want to buy hundred mil worth, you'll pay ninety mil upon buying it. Then on maturity, you're paid a hundred million. 
understand? Correct. So it's discounted. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, there are taxes which apply on the interest, uh, withholding tax and that kind of a thing. Okay. Now Makes you sense. asked about a mutual fund. Yeah. Index funds, so, mutual yeah, funds. Exactly. Fantastic. So a fund is basically a collection of investors, isn't it? Yeah. So funds are what are known as CISs, collective investment schemes. Right. Uh, Alim may be too busy to follow stocks and to follow bonds and or probably just That's not understand true that. the jargon. Isn't All it? of that, true that. Exactly. All so, of it. So what will Alim do? Alim will look for a professional. Yes. Uh, in Kenya, we have uh, what is known as the Capital Markets Authority. Yes. So they license investment professionals. Right. So what you do, ideally, is talk to a licensed uh, financial advisor. Okay. They are, all of them are listed on the website, yeah? Yep. So ordinarily you have... Uh, so CMA, yeah. website, uh-huh. and then you, you, you yeah. get a list of them. Yeah. And uh, they should pay us for endorsing them anyway. They should. <laughs> now, the, the typical uh, investment advisor is a, a stockbroker, because most of them have what are known as investment banks within their organization, or uh, insurance companies, because they have what is known as an asset management arm. So, ideally, you think off the top of your head, uh, your insurance, I don't know, maybe to the British American insurance, they probably have a fund management arm. Right. So, in the fund management arm, they have investment advisors. And they're different, they're different uh, funds. There's a fund, perhaps, which invests primarily in bonds, another one maybe in stock, another one maybe in foreign bonds, like you talked about, in, or in, in um, index uh, stocks or that kind of a thing. Okay? So, it varies. And for you to decide what, what makes sense for you is a function of your risk appetite, okay? Mm. So, Wait, just, just to clarify, are mm. these the same? You know, I've seen a lot of these people come up with these education policies yeah. and all that business. Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah, so a policy is more like a savings. Right. You're saving towards an end. So that's not so much an investment. It's, just, it's, it's, it's just it's forced saving. Yeah, it's forced savings. More you're, you're, you're working backwards. Oh, with an investment, okay. you're working forwards, I guess. Okay. So, so yeah. Yeah. So a, a policy basically what 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 do the what do the the CAs do? They take your money, invest it, then after I don't know five years or ten years they give it back to you. Right. And the returns are normally very appalling. Eh? They're quite uh, they're quite abysmal. But because, because you you mentioned a word there which I think we should examine a little bit more, mm-hmm. risk appetite. Yes. What does that mean? So risk appetite is a function of your aversion or liking to risk of, of risk. So you have different levels. There's a low risk appetite. This is a sort of person who has no appetite for risk. Mm-hmm. Then you have neutral risk appetite. Neutral basically means you're neither a fan of risk or not. Then there's someone with a high risk appetite. Okay. So the, the so, determine, sorry. So, so so somebody who wants to do like an FDR, for example, mm-hmm. um, in the bank, mm-hmm. um, that is considered low risk. Not necessarily, because you could do an FDR, yeah. but you, you you're looking for a higher return. So you could place it in a, I mean, if you place it in KCB or Barclays, you will not get anything exceptional. But if you go to a, lear, a lower tier bank, a bank which is struggling, they'll probably pay you higher. So the person who places in the riskier bank has a higher risk appetite. Oh, you see, okay. risk is a function, or rather return is a function of risk. The higher the risk, the higher the return. It's something you always hear, isn't it? Yeah. So you'll re- if, if, if you hear someone has a high risk appetite, they probably are a junkie, a trendy, all that kind of a thing. You know, okay. they love risk, they love being on the go. So for them, what they're looking at is absolute return. If Barclays is giving a higher return, then let's say Victoria Bank, they'll place the money there. Okay. Hmm. However, they may not necessarily uh, be very interested in things like fixed deposits. So you, you, these are so pro, pro, people really are trading cryptocurrencies, hmm. index, index stocks, options, that kind of thing. Okay. 
So, okay. so in terms of, not, uh, what would you categorize as a neutral risk investment? Neutral risk investment would be, I think, I would say a bond is neutral. Because a bond has an element of, of uh, first and foremost, you have to have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And secondly, there's, there's a possibility of capital loss or capital gain. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So that would be neutral. Exactly. So depending on your risk appetite, mm-hmm. there's like a whole variety yes. of options of investments that you could look into. Yes. But again, it depends on how much funds you have and what appetite yeah. you have for risk. So, so I let's guess talk also about the determinants in terms of, of, uh, uh, of risk appetite. Okay, go for it. Yeah. yeah. So the de- de- determinants. Uh, one is your age. Of course. The younger you are, you know, you, you feel like you have, the, the, you have a lot of time on your hands. Mm-hmm. So what will you do? You probably not invest. Or if you invest, you're looking for extremely risky and high returns, isn't it? That's why the younger guys tend to be more into trading Forex and uh, Bitcoin and that kind of thing than mm-hmm. you and I. Okay. okay. Uh, number two is your level of education and exposure. Mm-hmm. I probably would have a higher appetite than you. Okay. Because I, I understand the concepts. Yeah. To a deeper level than you do. Yeah, because you're more comfortable dealing exactly. with it. And exactly. you, you can see, you feel that you can see the pitfalls a little bit exactly. clearer than exactly. I can. Exactly, yeah. Fair so enough. And the gender is also a function. Men tend to be more, uh, to have a higher risk appetite than women. That explains why we get married. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, then uh, also your level of uh, income, isn't it? Yeah. So if you have uh, a lot of pockets where you're getting money from, you can risk, isn't it? Mm. A couple of them. Because you're not going to, you're not betting the farm. Because you have many farms. But as you grow older, yeah. and, and we're looking specifically at guys in, in their 40s, yes. which is where pretty much we are, yeah. it, it tends to get a little more focus-based. You're looking, yes. you don't, you spend many, many years, you know, getting together this kind of money, mm-hmm. and you don't want to risk it all on one punt and throw, exactly. right? Yeah. So your risk appetite necessarily goes lower with age, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. I mean, for the, for the typical person, it goes lower with age. But then again, there are the other, the other contributing factors. For instance, the older I get, I, I don't see my risk appetite increasing, reducing. What I'll do is diversify my risk. So I may have uh, stuff which is high risk, high return, low risk, low return. Okay? Hmm. However, typically, the, the typical guy would want to have like a stream of income during his uh, retirement age. Uh, you, you mentioned one word which I, I think I want to expand on a bit. Yeah. Diversification. Yes. So... Yeah, again, this is the naivety of your mind as it works out. You, you always assume, and I'm sure you don't because you're in the financial market yeah, yourself, yeah. but for those of us who are outside of this financial market, it's always been either you do this or you do that. The idea of diversifying and having different investments in different areas with different risks is not something that, I don't know, I can't speak for most people. I haven't considered that. Yeah. I would either look at Okay, we'll do an FDR maybe, mm. might maybe start dabbling a little bit in real estate, yeah. and that's about <laughs> it. Yes. But you, the whole idea of getting into stocks and maybe just looking at a T-bill, um, just you know, to keep it running with different varieties of, 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 um, of risk, it's not something that comes naturally. It isn't. That's why I say when you talk to an investment advisor, they will give you the options available. Okay. Right. Because they'll, I mean, they'll profile you basically, mm-hmm. uh, and then they look at what is available. However, with with uh, diversification, mm-hmm. let's assume now. Let's talk about diversification now. Let's take a practical example. Uh, assume this this uh, podcast takes off, mm-hmm. then we get a sponsor. Uh, I mean, uh, that would be nice if you're yeah. listening. Um, yeah. So we're we we're open for sponsorships. Yes, <laughs> always. So Please. let's assume we got a hundred million shillings. Yeah. 
I like that figure. Yeah, it's good. I can see you keep yeah, on exactly. bringing it up. I like <laughs> it. So we get a hundred mil. Yeah. What's the first thing we we'll do? Assuming this is our our company, me and you. Hmm. So we buy a bond, isn't it? Let's start there. Is that what we're doing? Okay. Let's let's start. I, there. I'm going to listen okay. to you. Yes. All right. So, so we, 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 we bought a bond. Yeah. So let's take uh, a seven-year infrastructure bond. Okay. Why I say infrastructure bond is because the the interest is tax-free, and I love that. Okay. Okay. So that pays an interest of fifteen point eight percent. So before we get into that, is there yeah. a minimum amount you can spend on the bond? Fifty thousand shillings. Okay, carry on. All right. So now you get your fifteen point eight mil a year. Is that it? Okay. Broken into semi-annual payments. Okay. So we take that fifteen mil. We buy stocks. Okay. We look for stocks which are paying a, a high dividend. Okay. So there's typically uh, companies which are stable and they don't feel like being you know, like expanding or growth or whatever, will normally pay a higher dividend, okay? So we look at uh, perhaps foreign-owned banks, like the Stanchards and the Barclays. I think now it's collapsed, uh, mm. the Stanbricks. So the, typically they'll pay about a uh, 10% dividend yield, okay? Mm -hmm. Dividend yield is basically the dividend divided by the, the price, okay? Okay. Yeah, so from the 15 mil we're making, 10% uh, dividend, isn't it? So we're getting another 1.5. Okay. We've diversified. Okay, then at the 1.5 we can put it maybe in a in a savings account. So now we have three streams of income. Okay, then the following year we could probably buy some real estate, and so on and so forth. So okay. let's 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 try and do this in a more practical way. So I'm here with a million bob, yes. one million Kenyan shillings, yes. right? Yes. And I'm looking at investing that one million shillings. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Okay, I in that case. Let's take the typical guy. What we'll do is uh, talk to an investment advisor. Mm -hmm. Choose, they have different types of funds, as I said. There's one which probably is a bond fund, or the other one is a stock fund. Mm -hmm. They could even have uh, one which is uh, based on investing in offshore markets. Correct. Why I like an offshore market is because we know the Kenya shilling is depreciating right. by the day. Yes. So putting your money in an offshore market will give you capital gains just on the depreciation of the shilling, isn't it? Correct. Irrespective of the return. Correct. Now, Another advantage you get is that the U.S. interest rates are quite high. So you get a high return, and at the same time, you have the advantage of the capital gains on the, on the currency. Okay? So you've taken out the risk of depreciation <laughs> of the Kenya shilling. So you're killing two birds with one stone. Okay? Okay. So with a million bob, I would not go into buying, uh, like, if, unless I have another million bob coming another time or I have streams of income, I would not necessarily uh, buy one bond and sit on it. Mm -hmm. I'd probably look for a, uh, invest in a fund. So you diversify then. Exactly. And maybe you could say in your head, mm -hmm. half a million shillings I'm going to put into a bond. Yes. And then with the other half a million, yeah. uh, maybe look at um, an offshore. Yes. And maybe with a little bit that's left over, I might look at picking up some stocks. Locally. Exactly. Or you just look at the different funds that they have and diversify that way. So you put in fund X, which does money market, which does uh, fixed income, fund Y, which does stocks, fund Z, which does uh, offshore stocks, that kind of thing. So even within and the fund, you've diversified. And ideally, the best person to talk to would be somebody who specializes in investments. Exactly. An investment advisor. Yeah. So I should not feel embarrassed by going to an investment advisor and telling him, I only have a, I only have a million shillings. Not at all. In fact, I only have 500,000. Yeah, not at all. Because I see nowadays, uh, most of them are issuing what are known as money market funds. Mm. Typical return is anything between 10 and 13% uh, per annum. Yeah? And the minimum entry point is 5,000 shillings. So you can put down 5,000 shillings a month. I mean, 5,000 is money you use without even thinking, isn't it? No, absolutely, okay. Uh, you see, 
So if you put 5,000 a month or 10,000 or 15, I mean, you're, you're somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So there is a bit of hope. Eh? I mean, because you're looking at a pretty big range of uh, potential spend yeah. on, on what, what could be a small amount of money. What yes. you're thinking is a small amount of yes, money is actually enough for you to start making money off exactly, it. Exactly. And what, I, and what I say is this, uh, my friend Alim, if you want a salary, you have a regular income, isn't it? Correct. Okay, let's assume now, okay, unfortunately nowadays you have all one of new contributions, it's MSSF which has gone up, Hustler Fund, <coughs> but, uh, sorry, Housing Fund, NHF, but that's neither here nor there. No, there's no NHF yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's, okay, it's but something else now. Yeah, if you're employed, that's something you pay. Correct. So what you do is, well, we'll talk about this later, but what you do is you take, the saying goes, pay yourself first. So... Out of that, most likely your employer is paying, your, is paying a pension, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So what, ideally what typical employers do is they take 5% of your gross, mm -hmm. they pay for you, then the other 5 they take from your salary. Correct. So 10% goes to a pension fund. Yes. But what I advise is take another 10 and put it in one of these funds, okay? Okay. So now you have the pension and then you have your own fund, okay? Now that for a guy who, is, who, is not, who does not want to think too much, eh, it's a very decent uh, way to build up investments and to build up cash flows okay so what i've learned so far um at least for today is number one i've learned the different types of investments yeah. what an investment actually is yeah. i've also learned that there is probably as much as it will surprise you even the smallest amount of money can actually be put into investment and um, i've learned about risk appetite the last thing i want to ask you about at least for today mm -hmm. what exactly is an roi you know, aside uh, from a really... <laughs> no, really, it's a basically it's, return on investment. So it's not an acronym for a, a dude called Roy from Roy, yeah, exactly. Area. Or some Indian one, I don't know. No, no, it isn't. Yeah, so it's return on investment. So if you invest, uh, I don't know, uh, let's go back to a magical 100 million. And you get 10 million a year. <laughs> you just keep on manifesting this. Uh, yeah, that, that figure is, uh, I, think, I think it's what I'm, I'm going to make up by the end of the year, perhaps. I don't All know. right, then. Let's make yeah. it happen. Yeah, so we'll go to Colombia. And, uh, anyway, so you're making your, hand, you're making your 10 mil a year. Yeah. So the ROI is 10%. Okay, return on investment. Right. It does not necessarily apply to just bonds. I mean, if you did a business and you're getting a ret uh, return, right. that's your ROI. Yeah. So ROI is critical because that's what guides you to take the risk, isn't it? Yeah. So if you, you have, a, you have a, an investment which has an ROI of 5% and another one has 20%, which one would you take? Of course, the 20. 20%. Yeah. That's why I don't understand why everyone is, is uh, packing their money in real estate, honestly. And the ROA is 4 to 6%. Do you know what? That, that thing of real estate. Yes. You know, I, we were just discussing this just before we started. Yes. I don't understand what the penchant is with real estate. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm going to have to step back a bit because, you know, my actual job really <laughs> is dependent on yes. real estate. Exactly. Because exactly. I am an architect. Exactly. Yes. But I don't, I've never understood. Yeah. I, is it, are you, you're looking at, if you're lucky, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting a rental yield in, from what I've seen. Yeah. If you're lucky, yeah. of maybe five percent. Exactly. And that's if you're lucky. Taxes, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're lucky. Taxes, repairs, and maintenance. So yeah. you, you're looking at a payoff within fifteen years. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it, I don't understand the pension. Yeah. Is it because it's something tangible? It's not a piece of paper. It's something exactly. real. It's tangible. So it's our it's, it's human nature. So we have uh, this passion for seeing, seeing that's my house. Those are my flats. You know, it's mm. like a, it's like bragging rights. Yeah. You have to thump your chest and say, I own all this stuff. No, I think a lot of people, for most people, it's more in terms of the speculative return. Mm -hmm. They're thinking, okay, I've seen a good plot. Yeah. And because I have an eye, I've picked that um, this one is going to appreciate. Yeah. So I'm going to buy into it. The chances, I understand, are high risk, high reward. There's a lot of potential for a 
really massive payout, but yes. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. So, what, what, what drives, uh, you know, a return on investment on a, on a real estate is basically inflation, isn't it? Okay, all yes. factors taken into consideration. Yes. If, for instance, uh, a road is coming up there, of course, the price will go up. Correct. Yeah. However, naturally, what drives up the price is inflation. Okay. It's not that uh, you're such a genius, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you when you put your money into real estate, are you you also need to do some research. Ask yourself, and what's what's going to happen in the next five ten years? Is is uh, is the government going to print money? Is there going to be inflation? That kind of thing. If you look at the real estate market right now, you're actually seeing a deflation, isn't it? Prices yes. are actually coming down. Completely. Yeah. Why? Because number one, uh, money supply in Kenya has been static, isn't it? That's one. Saturation exactly. is another. Number two, there's saturation. So demand versus supply. There's more supply Correct. than there is demand. Correct. So those are all factors you need to take into consideration. So even investing in uh, real estate requires some acumen and it requires you to look at the different factors that drive up the price of the investment or otherwise, isn't it? Unless you plan on, on owning the, uh, you know, the, I mean, like developing the plot or something. Mm. I, would, I would advise that you be a bit uh, more, you take a step back and do some research before you get into real estate. Yeah, um, I remember re reading very, 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 very long time ago um, this book by Robert Kiyosaki, yes, yes, uh, yes. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yes, fantastic book. Yes. And the one of the, the, the biggest, most eye-opening learnings from there for me was exactly what you said right at the beginning of the outset. You don't, you don't buy your own house yes. to live in. Yes. Buy a house to rent out exactly. by all means. Exactly. But you don't, you don't buy a house so you can live in it because exactly. you're not making any money out yeah. of it. It's actually a liability. It is. So there's but a gentleman known as Warren Buffett. You probably have heard of him. It's probably yeah, of course. Exactly. Even so I've heard of it. <laughs> so he lives in a house he bought 40 years ago. Okay. Typical suburban house. Nothing fantastic. Nice. Okay. The guys are billionaire in all manner of matrices. But he, does not, he understands that a house is not an asset, it's a liability. Mm -hmm. So he has a very small, well, it's, I wouldn't say it's small, but it's like a middle class house in the US. Mm. It's in uh, Bamfuck, America. But I mean, the guy is, he can, buy, he can buy a house cash anytime. But he's chosen a, a house which is, uh, you know, nothing spectacular. Why is that? Because he sees a house as a liability. If you take, again, if you fell into some money, then you put it in uh, real estate. Two examples. Back to our 100 mil golden number. Please, man, manifest, <laughs> manifest, manifest. Yes, I'm manifesting. So you, you, you have your 100 In mil. fact, I'm going to insist, if yeah. you're going to do the 100 mil from yeah. now on, yeah. you have to preface it with dollars. Because, you know, at the rate at which our currency yeah. is going, it's yeah. 100 yeah. mil might, might be enough for you to buy <laughs> yes. a loaf of bread by exactly. the end of the year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So but nowadays, I see uh, real estate ag uh, agents pricing in dollars. All of them do. Yeah. yeah all of them do. Yeah, I'm tempted to actually charge for, for my services in dollars, yeah. but then there's no money anyway. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> at least the dollar is holding value. But, right. but then again, the dollar is probably not going to be as valuable as you think because they, are, they have their own issues. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, back yeah. to our 100 million dollars. Yeah. So, you'll be 100 million. Take it, buy the famous infrastructure bond, mm -hmm. make your 15 mil a year. From that 15 mil, you can rent the, the house, isn't it? And you'll have money left. Absolutely. From the money left, invest it in, in stocks. From the dividend from the stocks, invest it in something else, and so on and so forth and so forth. You get it. Then later on, when you have a stream of cash flows, you can buy. In fact, what you could do with a bond, you can, you can take it to the bank and borrow against it. So they'll give you, uh, they'll give you a haircut of maybe 30%. So they'll give you 70% of the face value. So you have 70 million. You put up flats, isn't it? Do you know the flats are paying you rent. 
So I'll how many cash flows do you have? Do, eh? um, if, if, if at all, we, 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 we do this podcast again and again and again. Mm-hmm. You and I, we're, we're just going to put up a shut up. We're, we're going to put in X amount. I'll put in a bit, you put yes. in a bit. Yes. And then we will share where we've actually done yeah. our investment. Yes. And we'll put an update Exactly. At every pod, mm-hmm. as to where our investment has gone, exactly, and how much money we're making. From exactly, it. yeah, we'll do it real time. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Let's we'll make it happen. Yeah. So look at it this that way. If you, at the end of the day, when you want to invest, you're talking about cash flows, so mm-hmm. cash flows, cash flows, cash flows, positive. Yep. Positive, positive, positive. Okay. A rich man is a man who has several cash flows. Right. Okay. You read uh, Kiyosaki's book. Yes. Fantastic book. It is. One thing he talks about is what cash flows. Yes. It? Yes. Uh, so when you have your money, the first thing when you want to invest, look at what it's going to earn you, the ROI versus all other options available to you at the time. Okay, then from there, pack your money. This is not anything difficult. Eh? Most people say it's difficult, but it's not. You know, yeah. yeah. You are you're a Alim. You're a guy who's a, who is STEM oriented. This uh, you know, investing is math, pure and simple simple calculation so it should not be something difficult for you mm. you know it shouldn't be but yeah. yet it is anyway uh, yeah but I mean, that's why it's what it is yeah? but but you know yeah. what I'll, I'll tell you what I, yeah. I started off today's pod yeah. on the basis of finance by diffusion yeah and honest to god i have diffused <laughs> i really have yeah, yeah. so I, I do actually really really appreciate this and yeah. hoping that um if 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 that hundred million does come through, yeah. we will helpfully diffuse for a lot more other people. Exactly. But, but at least let's start working towards getting sponsors. Exactly. Uh, okay, but you know, in Kenyan context, we don't. <laughs> it's very hard to say sponsors. Yeah, yeah I mean, let's get out in that. Uh, yeah, you know, just yeah. we just clarify. Yeah. yeah, we're just you know. Exactly. We're not really, talking about rich fat men. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it's it's a different thing that Kriti is built exactly. like a truck. Okay. And I'm sure he could get a sponsor if he looked for one. You also build like a truck, man. <laughs> wrong Just type a of truck. Type of truck. <laughs> yeah, so wrong type of truck. Dude, yes. this has been excellent. Yeah. i got to say thank you very much well for done. this. And hopefully we'll do this again. And here's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah. If you manage to listen all the way to the end of the pod, and um, this has worked out for you, why don't you drop us your questions and comments that you'd like, him, you'd like us to talk about the next time we do this side of 40 on finance. If there's anything particular you want to learn more about, you want to learn more about stocks, you want to learn a little bit more about, I don't know, maybe you're one of those that really gets a rich from cryptocurrency. Anything, um, ask the question. We'll see if we can get it answered. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the pod because that is how you make sure that you hear us the next time around. But um, yeah, no, financial diffusion, it works, man. Yeah, it it's does. a thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. good. That's how I got my, 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 my passion for it. Okay. Yes. And by DNA. Exactly. Yeah. Santa man. But before we end, I'd just like to say uh, mm-hmm. for your listeners. Yeah. You mentioned a book. Uh, yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. So I would recommend most to read it. It's a very basic book. It doesn't have technical jargon. It's yeah. very well written. Yeah. Again, breaks down the concept very easily. Yeah. Uh, he also has another book known as The Cash Flow Quadrant. Very nice book. Okay. Uh, and the third one would be The Richest Man in Babylon. Those three will set you up. Is that by the same author? No, no, the third one is by someone else. Already. Okay, so here's, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll try and um, note down the, the names of the titles in the description yeah. of the podcast. So in case you're interested in further reading, yeah, yeah by now, this is becoming like university. Now, the thing further about what I, what, I, what I found out is that uh, you know, nowadays you have audiobooks. Hmm. Uh, you have Spotify, which has the audiobook. Yeah. You can have on YouTube again, who's breaking down for you yeah. into 10 minutes. Yeah. So nobody has an excuse to not uh, you know, listen to these things. You can listen to it in your car or you're doing your cardio or, I don't know, in your house. 
Yeah. You know, so I mean, ignorance is not an, it's not an excuse. Or you can sit for a football match for two quarters, or, two halves of football. Or, or you could just make sure that we come back for another pod. Exactly. We'll explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Take care. Thanks. Cheers.